Hey, what up fam? It's your boy Norm, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 72 of the Evangelical Norm. Um, it has been quite a week since uh, Wednesday. Uh, dropped an extra episode on Wednesday after everything with, the, well, maybe it was Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever day the bombs <clears throat> started getting sent to prominent uh, Democrats and people like that. And the whole issue with the false flag and bomb hoaxes and so on. These were not uh, phony devices. These were these were made to kill people. They weren't fakes. They weren't, and still people are, are throwing out the bomb hoax, fake flag, false flag. Um, even though now we know everything that we know about the um, the alleged bomber. I guess we have to say that. Um, dude was, uh, Native American Trump supporter, uh, just <laughs> crazy guy, uh, that's sending bombs to people. And since then we've had an attempted shooting at a black church, which turned into shooting two black people at a mall or a grocery store or whatever. Um, and then... Most recently, yesterday, the mass shooting at a synagogue in uh, Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, it. I just, you know, the memes that have gone around uh, with the names of the victims, the fact that there was a 97-year-old Holocaust survivor that was murdered for being Jewish in the United States. Um, it's just... I, want, I wish I could say it goes beyond comprehension, but um, this, we've been moving this direction. The, the, I'm not, I can't think of the word that I want to use. Um, the, oh, the, sorry, I had someone walk through the door, I had to mute the mic. Um, just the vile attitudes, uh, between left and right, Democrats, Republicans, conservative, liberals. Um, I mean, it's been getting worse and worse and worse um, over the last couple of years. And I won't blame it on Trump. I won't, I mean, there's no, I can't say that there's, there's got to See, this is hard. It's just, I don't want to, I mean, Trump has said some stupid, horrible stuff. Um, but ultimately, the responsibility falls on the people who have done it. We can't lay blame. Um, we live in a country where we have free speech, and that free speech includes the uh, the right to say stupid stuff, the right to be immature to call names 
although I, I refuse to take part in anything like that, and it bothers me so much to watch it happen. But, yeah, the bombs were sent to people that, that generally Trump has specifically mentioned at different times. But, again, we cannot lay the blame on Trump. Um, the blame goes on to the man, Sayok or whatever his name was, who sent those bombs to people. Um, this white supremacist um, who shot up the synagogue, that's his actions are on him and nobody else. And I mean, nobody by, well, I guess there are a lot of people that believe that Trump is a racist. I, I don't believe that. I don't, he says some stupid stuff, but I don't believe he's racist. Um, and I don't believe that it's his fault, even though, and, and that's the thing that is, it's just, you know, when Ivanka Trump, which, I mean, I don't agree with in any way, shape, or form half the time, but when she comes out and, and says that essentially that we're better than this, where is an America and all of, of, I can't think of the exact terminology that she used, but bright-thinking Americans are better than this. And then when people come out and just continue to hurl insults at her, can we not give credit where credit is due when someone says something good can we not applaud that and then call them out when they say something bad in a gentle um mature way i mean i can call people out and and i'm i mean i'll take pride in in my trolling of cecile richards and planned parenthood but never at any time do i call them childish names um, I've called them murderers, but that's what they are. That's a that's a valid description of what Planned Parenthood does. They murder children. I'm not I'm not calling them poo-poo head Planned Parenthood or caca head Cecil Richards or any you know these immature stupid names that Trump comes up with and then other sides of people come back with. Um, I mean even to watch. People in my church engage in this um, bothers me because as Christians, this should not be something that we do. We should be taking the higher ground. We should be holding ourselves to a higher standard of interaction with um, the people that we disagree with. Ultimately, I mean, Jesus said, bless those who curse you, you know, love your enemy and yeah, we can, the ultimate loving thing we can do is call people to repentance, but we don't do it in the way, in the hateful way that Westboro Baptist Church does. Westboro Baptist cult, I'm sorry. They're not a church. They're barely Baptist. And so we, we, we need, again, I, I feel like I'm falling back on, on what I talked about earlier this week, midweek, is we need to do better. We as Christians need to do better. We need to, uh, you know, so many Christians have gotten to the point where they're just excited anytime anyone ticks off someone on the left. You know, we get to piss off liberals. We get to, you know, um, 
stick it to the left. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous. It's not Christian in our attitude. And yeah, and I'm the guy that will say that sometimes being Christ-like means overturning tables and fashioning whips out of cords. But this is not name-calling and um, immature activity like this is is not does not fall into that category. You know, intentionally saying things to piss off the left is not akin to overturning uh, money changers tables or anything like that that Christ did in the temple. And so, as I, again, as I'm thinking about it, and the one thing that I really wanted to do today for the next 12 minutes or so, this is probably going to be one of the, the shortest podcasts I've done, and which some of you might be happy about, and I'll be happy about, because I'd like to go to bed soon. Um, again, is the only hope we have to overcome any of this, the only way we're going to see men like Donald Trump stop acting like children, stop making silly insults and so on, the only way we're going to see people stop making false flag accusations and and here again on that on that note there are people that i know to be christian that i know have have exhibited fruit in in keeping with repentance and have have exhibited exhibited wisdom and so on who have fallen into this uh i don't even know what i want to call it um, fallen into just a bad way with the the false flag you know, accusations with no evidence with no anything like that that immediately came to the side to say that the Democrats were sending these bombs to themselves and so on um, it's crazy that it, and so yeah but again, the only solution to this, to see people stop acting like this and stop doing this, is to preach the gospel. To go out and share the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified with the people who need to hear it. Donald Trump needs to hear the gospel from someone other than Paula White. Because Paula White wouldn't know the gospel if it smacked her and called her an Amazon woman. You know, it, um, he needs to hear the truth, not a prosperity gospel, not a, a watered down uh, gospel that is something that obviously he would get from someone like her. He needs to hear truth. He needs to understand that in his, he is dead in his sins and in his trespasses. And if he, if he were to walk off of this earth today without really repenting of his sin which he said in an in an interview he said he's never done he doesn't ask for forgiveness he doesn't think like that and nothing to show that he's ever changed his mind on that attitude he needs to know that if if he you know some for whatever reason health reasons whatever if he passes away today he's destined for hell all these other people that are are in these these positions of power um, need to know, need to hear the gospel. 
and need to know that Jesus paid the penalty for their sin, that he went to the cross willingly, he who knew no sin became sin, so that they could become the righteousness of God. They need to hear these these things. White supremacists need to hear the gospel. We need to be out preaching the gospel. We need it more and more. There's a there's absolutely a sense of urgency to get out and get the gospel message out on the street. We need more street preachers. We need more one-on-one evangelists. We need more door-to-door evangelists going out and telling people about Jesus and praying that he will put us in the path of, of those white supremacists, those racists, those people who are not quite right. They want to send bombs to people. These are people who need to hear the gospel. And we need to get out there. Those of us who know it, who have been entrusted with this knowledge, need to get out and do it. And pick your way. Pick how you do it. Whether I mean, I, I, every time I talk about this, I go back to the story of the man on George Street. In, in Sydney, Australia, that just stood in a doorway and handed out tracts. And as people walked by, he'd say, do you, if you died today, do you know where you would go? Would you go to heaven or hell? And hand him a tract. It's as simple as that. I mean, some of the tracts that are out there are, are amazing. I mean, they're so easy to jump into a conversation and share the gospel with people. I mean, I would suggest everybody get the, the curved card illusions, um, from Living Waters that has the the red and the blue card. I never start yawning until I'm about 15 minutes in and I'm not going to go back and re-record the entire thing. So, again, I apologize. But there are these ones. Um, let me grab a couple and show you what these are. These great tracks that... I mean, these are my favorite, and you just use them like this. You, which one looks, which one looks bigger, which one looks bigger, and then you you cross them over. Okay, well now which one looks bigger? So these, and they're the same size. So these are some of the best gospel tracks that you can use because they're easy to start a conversation. Um, people will ask for them. Kids will come back if you do this with one kid. Um, in any kind of public setting, they will go find every other kid and they will come back and ask you for these. And these are gospel tracks and they've got the simple gospel on the back. And so again, there are ways that we can do this, whether that's going door to door in in the neighborhoods around your home or around your church, whether that's going out on the street and just having conversations with people, whether that is, going um and open actually open air preaching which i i intend to start doing more of in the net over the next couple of months as i can um i'm gonna make time to go and preach and um make sure that i'm doing everything i can to get the gospel out there because again that's what that's what's going to change hearts that's what's going to overcome racism that's what's going to overcome. And, and I'm not saying that that's the only thing we do. 
okay and before those start those comments start coming out that it's a, it's nothing but i mean we need to vote we need to um you know we need to there's so many other things that we can do um just today our sermon at church was about friendship and just creating friendships with people is another thing that but it goes along with the gospel and the gospel is the most important thing the most important thing that we can get out so again just to to break it down for those of you maybe who are listening who have never heard it before who don't know what it is what the gospel is it's simply this that all mankind has fallen We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Paul tells us. We've all sinned and the wages of sin is death. Every single one of us has broken God's law and we all deserve hell. Now, some people don't think that hell makes sense for things like lying. Even though the book of Revelation tells us all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Um, That all are dead in, in their sins and in their trespasses. That we all are worthy of hell. And again, I love the analogy I like the most um, to, to understand why hell makes sense. And I give credit to Todd Friel on this. I, it's not something I made up on my own. I've heard it, I heard it from Todd first. But if I, I have my I'm beautiful little girl, Opal, if I lie to Opal, besides feeling very guilty about it, there are no consequences for me. I can lie to my daughter all day long and immediate in the immediate future, there's no consequences down the road. If I continue to lie to her, she just doesn't trust me, but there's no penalty or um, punishment that she can inflict upon me. Now, if I lie to my wife, I sleep on the couch tonight. I uh, sleep somewhere else tonight. We divorce. Those are, are uh, things that can happen if I'm willing to lie to my wife and, uh, again, severity and so on. Um, If I lie to my boss, I get fired. I get cut in pay. I get any number of things reprimanded and so on. If I lie to the government, I can go to jail. I can go to prison. Um, So, again... The same offense in all all these different scenarios, but one thing changes in every scenario, and that is the authority against whom I have uh, offended. You know, my daughter has no authority over me. My wife doesn't have a whole lot of authority over me when you look at authority, but she has the ability. There is authority there. They, she has the ability to inflict penalty upon me Uh, my boss has uh, you know been given authority the government holds authority so now when we look at that and then we look at the authority of the eternal lawgiver it makes sense that when you violate the law of an eternal righteous just judge that eternal conscious punishment is warranted And Jesus tells us, he says, you know, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many are those that find it. So there are many people who are on the path to hell. Narrow is the gate that leads life, and few are those that find it. 
we need to be out there inviting people to come to this other gate. Now, granted, it is Christ that draws them. It's the Holy Spirit that draws them to him. But he uses us in the preaching of the gospel to draw those people to himself. So we make it make people know, understand, repentance means acknowledging their sin, acknowledging their need to for a savior. They're acknowledging their what they actually deserve as being hell. Um, again, repentance, that Greek word is metanoia. And it's not just a simple thing as change your mind. It literally means to change the way you think. It means to change the way you perceive reality. Because most people, when you ask them, do you consider yourself to be a good person? Most of them will say yes. Repentance causes you to no longer answer that question with a yes. But it causes you to say, no, I am not a good person. I needed a savior. And I have a good savior. Christ is a good savior. Excuse me. Um. I don't remember where I heard it or who said it. it. Could be any number of people, Washer, MacArthur, anyone. I mean, it could go even further back to uh, who knows. But uh, the quote that I, it's been, I've heard it quite a few times in the last couple of weeks is the cross doesn't reveal how much we are worth. But it literally, and I'm butchering the quote, but it literally reveals how depraved we are. The, the cross doesn't reveal that how much we were worth to Christ, that he was willing to go to die for us, but it reveals how vile we were in our sins and our need for Christ to go to the cross and die for us. That's what the cross reveals about it. The cross reveals my sin, not my value. So we need to understand, again, repentance makes us understand, acknowledge our sin, recognize our need for a Savior, and then we put our trust in Christ's work and His alone. None of our own works can we rely on. None of the filthy rags that we feel like we can use to gain uh, even the remotest amount of favor from God. Grace is, is unmerited favor. And we can't earn grace. It can't be earned. It has to be given. So we have to understand that we need to have a Savior. We need to repent, put our trust in His work and His work alone, and not of our own, so that we cannot boast. And then we turn from our sin. We take up our cross and follow Him. And I've, I've, you know, this will be uh, something, the drum that I beat forever. It will never change my attitude about the cross, my attitude about the gospel, my my imploring of people to come to Christ and live will never change. That, that is something, whether it's when I'm dealing with people on the side of, of um, encouraging people to remain in their, their sin, sexual sin, whether that be adultery, whether that be um, homosexuality, whatever it be, whether I'm dealing with people who um, are sharing false teachings, whether I'm dealing with those who are outright lying, I'm always going to call them to repent. I'm never going to just simply call names. 
maybe I haven't been 100% good at that with, with people like Cecile Richards and Planned Parenthood, but I know at times I have called them to repent. Most of the time I just point out the hypocrisy of and the, the stupidity of the posts that they put. I'll take note that I need to do, do better in calling those people to repentance. Um, but that's the gospel. That is simply the gospel. And if we repent and put our trust in Christ, he forgives us of all of our sin, past, present, and future. Yes, and it doesn't mean that we have the right to go out and do whatever because that is not the attitude of a repentant person. A repentant person does not go, hey, well, I repented and I put my trust in Christ. I'm going to just go out and do whatever the heck I want. That's not the attitude and that's not repentance. And Christ recognizes that. And just because you said a prayer or just because you even did some works. You know, I had a, a, the conversation that I had with the guy at the temple the other night that he kept saying that work, something has to go into it. We have to do something. That's what the people who approached Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? And no matter what you have done, if that is your attitude that you deserve something because you did something, Jesus is going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And that's all that, that that's bottom line. That is the bottom line. That you have to repent and put your trust in Christ to be forgiven. Otherwise, if you don't, if you don't trust in his work and his work alone, then you are on that path that leads to destruction. And you're going to be one of those people that he says, I never knew you. Because it's not about the works that we do. It's about the work that he did that brings us into a place of reconciliation with the Father. As Brian, our pastor, talked about today in his sermon in Proverbs, it's the friendship that only Jesus can, can offer, that, that true friendship, that true love that he says that no greater love hath any man than this, and he lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus is the only friend that can literally do that, that can lay down his life and took it back up again so that we can be redeemed, so that he can call us friend. And so I want to leave that with you guys. I'm hoping that there may be someone who hears this, who's never heard that before, and will come to a place of, of repentance and trust in who Christ is. And if you've heard it and you know it, take that and go preach it. There's so few people out there that are willing to share their faith with others, that are willing to preach the gospel to those who need to hear it, who are dying, not dying, who are dead, people who are already dead in their sins, who need to be revived by Christ. And God wants us, he's given us that responsibility to go and share that gospel. And then we trust the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit is going to do in drawing those people to Christ. So again, I'm going to leave that with you guys. Take that for what it's worth. Um, pray for the, the, the families of the victims um, in every one of these situations that has happened. The, 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 the folks that were killed that were shot by this racist man in, in the grocery store and the, 
the nine people who were murdered in the synagogue. Um, pray for their families. Pray for, um, pray for the people who were sent bombs and praise God that not one of them went off. As much as I disagree politically with any of those people, not one of them is deserving of a human um, imposed death sentence. And I say that because we are all worthy of being killed by God. God has the right to take any of us out at any time on his terms and by his means. But none of those people, no Maxine Waters, no Kamala Harris, no Cory Bookers, not Obama, not the Clintons, none of them deserve to have an explosive device sent to their home and none of them deserve to have their life taken out by someone simply because we disagree across political lines. No one deserves to have their life snuffed out because we disagree along religious lines. And again, I mean, what we deserve is hell. And that's on God. That's God's prerogative. And that's God's word. That's God's judgment. We do deserve hell. But none of those people deserved in a, in a legal or a human standpoint what they were given. And we need to pray for them. We need to pray for the leaders of this country. We need to pray for some kind of reconciliation because I was talking about it with my wife. And, and I honestly, right now, I don't know where I stand um, eschatologically. Is that a word? Did I say that right? I, I, I'm not sure. I've, I've always been very pre-trib. I'm not 100% convinced of that anymore. Um, many of the people I, I trust and, and uh, welcome wise counsel from are more in the amillennial camp right now. And I haven't, I haven't read the book uh, by Sam Storm. Um, is it Sam Storms? Um I haven't read it yet. I have it on my Kindle, and I, I fully intend to read it. But apparently it's a great defense of all millennialism. But all that aside, talking to my wife, I think a lot of what is happening here, the the, the chasm has gotten so big between the, the right and the left that the only I think the only person that is going to be able to breach that on a human level is going to be the Antichrist. And I think we're we're seeing the stage set for him to show up on the scene. And so, however that's going to roll out, and however that, I, I, I pray that I'm wrong about that. I pray that someone else, sh- uh, shy of that extreme, can come along and can bring some unity in our nation, because we need it. We need it. Our, our, our political atmosphere is so toxic right now and we need we need a complete makeover i want to say fire them all i really do i want to just say fire every single one of them except for mike lee and ted cruz 
and then re-elect and then elect brand new people all across those lines. That's ultimately what I'd like to see. And people who are, are reasonable and, and wise. Ultimately, I'd love to see a lot of Christians in there too. But, so, it went a whole lot longer than I thought I was going to. So, I'm going to close this out. Um, pray for the people, all the families of all these victims. Um, pray for those who have inflicted um these horrors, the, the the man who sent the bombs, the man who killed the people in the synagogue, the man who killed the two people in the, the church. Pray for those people. I think they're all still alive. I don't think any of them were killed um, in what they did. So pray for them. Pray that they will repent and put their trust in Christ. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.